we're live. There we go. Excellent. And I'm opening up the comments window because if you guys are comfortable with it, we can get people to drop comments uh, yeah. at the end of the session and we can basically talk uh, with them about that. So, guys, welcome to the Nicholas. What's my name? Nicholas Ingle Experience. <laughs> and uh, we are going out live on Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn. We're sitting down with two amazing guests, Tessa Whitfield and Vicky Webster. So I'm going to bring the ladies in now. So there, everybody's on screen. Can you guys see everyone now? Yes. Yep. Okay, fab. I'm putting my phone on silent because I forgot to do that. So guys, let's jump into it quickly. Um, Tessa, let's start with you. Can you give us a little bit of the background of who you are, Vicky, then who you are and why you guys, why you guys are here? Okay, cool. I'm happy to kick us off. Um, so I went through a personal transformation journey, um, starting in my mid fifties and I'm now 61 and, um, lost a ton of weight, but also realized that losing weight was one thing. If I didn't change so much else about my life, I was going to remain in my head, a fat person, regardless of what the scale said. Um, so it's been this wonderful journey of personal transformation, which led me to meet Victoria. Um, and we then decided that we really wanted to create a community that could support people who are wanting to make some kind of transformation themselves and are struggling to find a place to do that or to do it on their own. Um, and that's been the foundation of our Nourish and Nurture community. And mine is the experiential side. Vic's got all the, <clears throat> all the qualifications. So I'm there just to let people know that it can be done. Um, it just requires hard work and, right. uh, and, real, and real effort and commitment to the process that you undertake. Um, I think, like most things, everybody wants to you know, take a tablet and wake up in the morning and everything will be okay. I was one of those for sure. So, um, and, and the understanding that it takes real work, I think, is important. Um, and that's really what I want to share with people is that it can be done, but it requires effort. Cool. That's, Vic that's pretty much me. Yeah. Perfect. All right, cool. Vicky? Yeah, so um, I am a clinical psychologist. I worked in addiction for many, many years. Nick, that's how I met you. Yep. Um, and I was always interested in eating psychology. I myself have been on my own journey around weight, my relationship with food, my relationship with my body. Um, and so I decided I was going to move into that area so i was going to work with people struggling and that's how i met tessa um and so we i take my kind of psychological experience um tools research evidence all of that stuff and we use that in our community and tessa she says she does the kind of her own experience and what's worked for her so we've put the two together to create this space where people can come and um talk about their relationship with food and improve their relationship with food. Because I just realized also in my own journey, there isn't a lot of help for it. It's quite a lonely place. It's quite a disconnected, isolated place. So um, yeah, we just, we know, we knew that there needed to be some kind of help for people. So who, who is the community for? So it is for people struggling in their relationship with food. So meaning, um, 
maybe struggling with binge eating, emotional eating, struggling with your relationship with your body, body image, weight. Um, people in our community are usually people that have been on a diet, you know, millions of different diets, always preoccupied with eating, um, definitely using food as a coping mechanism rather than in a healthy way. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the gist. I don't know, Tessa, if you want to add on anything there. Yeah, so I think, as Victoria said, most of our, our community members are people who've <clears throat> lost weight countless times and for whatever reason, always pick it up again. And I was definitely one of those people. Um, and I was very close to giving up on myself, quite frankly, um, <clears throat> and just settling for um, um, an overweight life um, that shrank a little every year. So. Um, to be able to facilitate for those people something that they can dig into in their own personal um, struggle, whatever that may be, and recognize that they're not alone in their struggle. I think that is the big part of the community that we can um, create a place where people can share their struggle with others going through, if not the same struggle, then something similar in their own lives. So that would be the people that we would like to see in our community as much as possible. Um, and it doesn't just have to be around emotional eating or binge eating. There are a number of issues that could lead to um, an unhealthy approach to the way you eat and nourish yourself. What, what are the primary causes that you find people are binge eating or sort of using food as a, as a crutch, as a drug. For me, it was alcohol. Um, you know, I wasn't able to deal emotionally with what uh, I had gone through in my childhood. But so when I had my first drink, it was wonderful. Um, I, I, you know, and also eating is a little bit different to drugs and alcohol because you can stop drugs and alcohol. You can't stop food. So if we could sort yeah. of just answer those two questions. So, okay, I'll, I'll start with, it's kind of, it's twofold. So um, the one is that definitely food is used in a way like a drug. So there's definitely an emotional component. Um, a lot of people struggling will have experienced traumas um, in childhood. Um, and we find that we do need to work with that stuff quite a lot. People need a lot of emotional regulation skills and ways to manage their emotions. So there's a big part of it that's really similar to addiction in that way. Um, the other part of it is that we often, well, we learn to eat certain types of food that are actually not very good for us. Um, very much like processed food, for example, which actually keeps us hungry, keeps us wanting more. So people can get stuck in binge eating because of the food that they're eating. And maybe we can unpack this more if you want to. Um, but just to say there's sort of two parts to it. There's the physiological part and then there's the emotional part. So mm. it can be quite complex um, working with people in this way. I think that's such an important point because we food is designed, processed food is designed to keep us eating it. Yeah. They hit the satiation point on sugar, salt and fat and that turns off our off switch. When yeah. I stopped drinking, I ended up eating on a Friday afternoon as my reward uh, 
um, 620 gram slabs of Cadbury chocolate. Now, what freaked me out was the realizing the amount of fat I was eating. Not that for me the fat was the issue, but I could only eat a tablespoon of coconut oil, but yet I could eat so much mm. more fat and uh, in the chocolates with the sugar and the salt balance, which is what we're hardwired for. You know, your brain goes default, low glucose, let's survive, let's get into that. And mm. I think there's so much shame around, I have no willpower, I'm mm -hmm. weak, why can't I just stop? But yeah. when it actually comes down to this food is designed to prevent you from stopping. It's yeah. as addictive physiologically. I mean, I think sugar is more <laughs> one of the most physiologically addictive things out there. Yeah. Exactly, we could just chat exactly. about that because it's not about willpower and weakness yeah. and weakness of character and being yeah. bad. So that is like such a huge foundation of our community that people understand that they are not broken. They're not defective. It's not about willpower. It's not about weakness. We can actually understand the factors that drive someone to overeat, for example. Um, and like you said, and one of the things we teach is that processed food is designed to get you hooked. And a lot of people don't really understand that. Um, and we're not, we're not trying to get people to not eat processed food. We're not about a specific type of diet. We mm. encourage that people understand what they're eating and what it does to their body. And then they can make their own decisions about what they want to eat. Um, because of course we have people coming from being on so many different diets, being told what to eat, what not to eat, what you're allowed, what you're not allowed, which also causes a lot of disordered um, thinking around food. So we don't encourage a specific type of diet, but we do look at there's a real physiological impact that certain foods have on the body um, so that people understand when you're eating something processed, you are going to keep being hungry um, and you're going to have cravings that can feel like you can't stop them. You can't manage them. It's so, so, so similar to addiction. So that's it, one of the things we talk about a lot. Okay. <clears throat> the, I think just, you know, it's, it's a crazy thing with food where you talk about the physiological side of it. There's the chemical side of the food, but it's also our physiological response to it in terms of guilt and shame where if you mm. think you're eating something you shouldn't be you your stomach gets into a knot you limit your ability to absorb uh, the nutrients that are in it and as you said you know you can go on a diet that tells you only to eat meat you can go on a diet that tells you only to eat vegetables you can go on a diet that tells you only to drink you know tea a banana and go for a walk on the beach there's all of this stuff out there how do you get people to understand what is and you know nurturing and nourishing for them. Now, Tessa, um, do you want to grab that or Vicky? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I'll, so for me, I think the biggest the biggest driver of change was around firstly understanding where the shame component came from, which meant that I had to look at what was going on for me in terms of my connection with other people, because definitely mine was very much about around um, closing people off from my life because I was so ashamed of what was going on with me <clears throat> um, and pretending that everything was okay on the outside. So that's sort of the disparity between how I presented myself and, and how I behaved um, on my own. 
were so vast, well, so vast that it created this like sort of uh, cycle that just kept repeating itself in terms of, I can't regulate this, I can't control it. Um, and as Victoria said, there's something wrong with me, I'm broken. Um, and, and that sort of consistent um, thought pattern just led me to a place where I was totally stuck. And for me, working with people, understanding that, as Victoria said again, not broken, just struggling with real issues that are designed to trap you um, and acquiring some skills to unstick yourself, if that's a word, um, because the learned behaviors that we acquire over a lifetime can trap us in a place that feels like it's impossible for us to get out of. Um, and if we are able to find a way of getting out of that shame spiral and reconnecting with our lives in a more meaningful way, then we are able to change the outcome um, or the trajectory of our lives in a significant way. And that for me, that shame spiral and putting people in a community, understanding that they, their struggle is shared um, and support them where they are in their current way of eating and offering them an opportunity, a safe place to explore what works for them in terms of food and eating and how they go about navigating their relationship with food and how they nourish themselves for the rest of their lives, truly nourish themselves. I think that, that's such a valid point because it's how, you know, we all eat differently and I think we're all meant to eat differently. There isn't a mold that fits for everybody it's lifestyle, it's, you know, if, if you're working nights or up early in the morning, you need to find out what works for you. Um, for me, it's like everyone says, eat breakfast. But um, I know if I eat breakfast, I'm not feeling that great and energized. But if I don't eat breakfast, my body defaults into sort of starvation mode, and I can go without eating the entire day. I've gone two, three days without eating. And it's like, wait, what? And that's not good for my energy levels because your energy drops and then I start drinking coffee. So, you know, it, it's it's about finding what works for us, but also what we may not be ultimately comfortable with, right? But it's yeah. what we have to do. So yeah. if we chat if we we chat about the community, how does someone get involved with you guys and what is the process? What what can they expect? Um, so basically if you were to join you get added to a WhatsApp group and that's kind of how we all communicate. If you have, um, you're having a difficult day, you can post it on there. You've got a whole bunch of people that are going to reply. Um, so you're in the WhatsApp group to start. And then we have live sessions most days of the week. So in the WhatsApp group, you're going to receive a link to the zoom and you can join the different zoom sessions. Um, we've designed it because we know people are busy and we know life is uh, all over the place um, so that you can either come to the live sessions if you want to, or you can just watch the recording in your own time. So we have um, some people in the group that we never see, we never hear from, but they're doing their own thing in the background and they're just part of the community is being part of the community is helping them. Um, and then we have some people that come to everything and, and really participate a lot. So it completely depends for each person, how you want to show up in this thing and, and what you want to work on. Um, so we have different sessions, as I said. Um, we have sessions that are called check-in sessions where I'll present some kind of topic from a psychological point of view. For example, 
We might talk about the binge eating cycle. Um, we'll talk about emotions. We'll talk about all sorts of different topics that I'll do a presentation on and hopefully give some practical tools along the way. That's I'm a big fan of that is giving practical things that people can take with them. And then there's also a space in that group for people to talk about what's going on for them. So there's just um, like a check in with each person. What's going on for you? How are you feeling? And as a as a group, we can chat about that. Um, so that's the check in sessions that we have. We also have a neuroscience session because I'm also just understanding how important understanding how our brains work is in terms of eating, because there's so much that we don't understand. Um, and there's so much that affects the way we eat. That's not about willpower, as we said, and all those things. So we have a neuroscience session. We have a journaling session because um, there's a lot of science behind journaling and how good that is for your mental health. Um, we have a meditation session. Um, we have a DBT session, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, which is all about really practical ways of managing your emotions. Um, we have that. What else, Tessa? Am I missing anything? We also have the movement. Um, we yes. do like yoga. <clears throat> I guess it's like a yoga-based um, exercise, 30 minutes. And um, we've also introduced more recently Nia, which is more dancing body movement, because I think a lot of what happens when people um, <clears throat> have a, a disordered relationship with food is that you actually lose touch with your body. Um, and I think processed food has a huge role to play in sort of um, hijacking and and uh, hijacking us away from our connection with our bodies. And I think it's important, like uh, getting back into moving our bodies and understanding what our bodies can do. Um, I know one of my stress techniques is always breathing because it gets me out of my head and into my body um, because my stress is pretty much always imagined and it's going on in my head. Um, I mean, yes, life does throw some real curveballs, but if I can get back in touch with my body, my stress level goes down immediately and I can more um, uh, logically engage with whatever it is that's driving that stressful moment. So the movement thing is also a big part of it. And then the coaching, Victoria, do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, so that's quite a new thing that we're doing this month. We have a coach um, that comes in and... Um, she does really like a health coach and um, she does really, really practical stuff around goal setting, motivation, um, how to actually achieve your goals. So that's been really, really, we've only had two sessions of that so far, but that's been really nice from a, we've got so much theory around eating and why we do what we do, but this has been like, we've moved to now, how do we make the changes? So that's something new that we've started this month, which has been going really well so far. It, yeah. yeah, it's eating is such an interesting thing that oh, hang on, uh, eating is such an interesting thing because it's something that we have to do. It's something, but we expect it to be the normal. It's just the norm. It's like we yeah. learned how to eat as a child. We learned how to use a spoon, and the, it's part of our daily life. But we don't actually realize unless we are educated or part of a group or part of a community that it's it's chemical reactions it's hormones and we're basically you know our brain is basically a wet computer you know it needs to have the right kind of power supply the right kind of nourishment how, how much what we eat can affect our moods where mm -hmm. we're feeling depressed we're feeling down we're feeling anxious 
and it turns out, you know, just to be what we're eating. From a very simple point of view, before I fly, I don't have a double espresso, I have a decaf cappuccino because I get nervous flying and it doesn't really help. So mm. the, these are the things that are, are so valuable that we actually have to relearn how yes, to exactly. eat. We have to relearn our relationship with food. But that's the beautiful thing about being human, that we can learn that, we can program that, and uh, we can change our lives. So how do people get in touch with you? What are the costs involved? What is the practicality? So I think the best way is to email. Um, we have an email, community at gmail.com. Okay, cool. So that's quite straightforward. And then Tessa and I will get in touch and we will go through everything with the person. Um, the cost at the moment um, is, let me just get this right, 750 rand a month. Okay, which and that's at the 15th everything, of June 2023. <laughs> yeah, with yeah. everything you get, we just think it's pretty incredible okay, um, that we can so. provide that service. Um, yeah, so it's just getting in contact with us and we'll, we'll take you through the whole process. And basic, I mean, this is open to anyone worldwide. Yeah, we've got people from all over the world, which is really great. Which is uh, we've like got thirty dollars a month. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So we've got people from the UK, America, mm. Kenya, a lot of Joburg, Cape Town. Yeah. Um. So it's such a lovely, lovely community. Yeah. So, um, who really should join if they're watching this and they're thinking, "Hang on, what?" You know, I'm, I'm not comfortable because um, being involved with sort of Narcotics Anonymous, um, Alcoholics Anonymous, and also uh, OA, Overeaters Anonymous, it, uh, it was an interesting thing because I, I, I knew someone in Cape Town who would go to these meetings. And it's not really a problem to go to an AA meeting as a visitor or as a guest or, you know, as a supporter. But mm. this meeting didn't allow outside people into the program because they wanted to keep, um, just protect those people coming through. And I think there's probably the greatest vulnerability of anyone in recovery that I've encountered is around food, because that's so heavily based in our self-love and our self-image. And I think most of us learn, like, you know, you finish your plate, there are uh, starving children in Africa you know, that's something that I grew up with or uh, what I learned through experience with people in my life that I was either too fat or too thin. And, you know, my favorite responses to that is for what? What am I too fat for or what am I too thin for? And it really mm. comes down to I'm too fat for your anxiety mm. and your fear about your weight because most of the time, I think when parents or people um, in our lives are telling us they're not happy with our weight, it's based around their fear and anxiety. And for yeah. sure, there are there are health co issues and consequences we need to be cognitive of. But uh, you know, our weight is not our worth, and it's not our value. Yeah. And yeah. the the thing is that we also the real challenge is what is thin enough. You know, having a gym, people coming into the gym and saying to me, um, I want to be thin. Okay, well, what does that mean? They said, no, I want to lose 54 kilos. I said, great, I'll chop off your leg, you know, and you'll be at your goal weight. And then they look at me and then they sort of realize. So 
you know, how do you deal with people coming to you and saying, I want to be thinner, I want to be this? Because what are they really telling you? What are they really saying? Well, just uh, the reason that I contacted you about this was because I saw a post that mm. you had made about um, people coming to the gym and wanting to be thin. And you were saying it's not about thin, it's about healthy. Yeah. And I just, that's so in line with our values. Um, because everybody, besides the food itself, everybody is so wrapped up in wanting to be thin. And like you said, thinness equals worthiness. Mm. And so a big part of our job is to unravel that belief system around being thin and what that means. Um, and so that's a lot of the work that we do in the community is around um, beliefs and how do we challenge those beliefs and look at reframe things and look at things yeah. differently. Because mm -hmm. people mostly do come in wanting to lose weight. That's the truth. Mm. Um, and we make it very clear that this is not a weight loss program. And we work with those beliefs. And like you said, we, what does that mean to you? And we kind of um, pull it apart a little bit and then create new beliefs from there. Uh, it, it's, it's such a, you know, thin is not a tangible thing. Um, that's what I, I love the idea where you have the yoga or you have, you know, if that's tangible, you're struggling to get into downward dog or you something and then suddenly you achieve it and your instructor goes, yes, that's a real practical thing that you can apply. We'll mm. never, ever be thin enough, um, you know, we, which means we'll never be lovable. Yeah, because we only want to be thin so we can be loved. We only want to be thin so we can be accepted and feel worthy and get the love that we desperately craved or didn't get, um, you know, as a child. I think that that's at the root of so much mm. um, looking mm. for approval and looking for um, acceptance and love. So that's the, the exercise is a wonderful thing. We always try and um, teach people in the gym that it's about what your body can do. Don't hate your body. Yeah. Because yes. your weight that you hate and the body you hate, uh, a, a, a parent in hospital dying of cancer would give everything for your body and your weight and your size because the health is a gift. Mm. So, absolutely. absolutely. Guys, it, it, it's been absolutely wonderful chatting to you. What is there anything that, that you would like to add in closing? Did I say anything? Ah. Uh -huh. This has been awesome, Nick. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Victoria, for including me in the session. Um, yeah, and just I'd love to say to anybody watching this, if you feel you need a community to support you as you struggle this, because as you said, you can't give up food. You have to learn how to eat in a way that serves your life, your body, your family, your circumstances, everything that makes up your life. And if you feel that this is something for you, we'd love to hear from anybody that... Um, your audience reaches nick thank you so much for having us an absolute pleasure thank you vicky yeah thank you. yeah just a huge thank you to you and i also want to say that if you're feeling really nervous about this maybe you think yes i do need this but uh, i don't think i can do that um just to really jump in and give it a shot as i mentioned before you don't have to do anything you don't want to do you can keep your mm. um, camera off you don't need to speak you can just be there to watch and that's okay. Um, so anybody who's really nervous will walk you through the process because I know lots of people struggling, they've got that shame already and that guilt. So um, it can be really hard to step out and do this, but I would just say, give it a shot and we'll, we'll help you through. And the big thing is you're not alone. And yeah. you're not, 
you're not the only one going through what you're going through, which I yeah. think is a huge, for me with the drink, I thought it's just me. No one's going through what I'm going through. I'm alone. And that feeling of being alone makes us isolate and makes us withdraw. And what got me sober, one of the amazing pillars was the community, was my meetings yeah. and my group sessions and being, you know, chewed out for, you know, um, saying things that weren't really true, um, you know, but I was saying them to try and feel safe. So, yeah, it's a, building a community is, is an incredible gift that you guys are giving to those members of your community. So I want to say just wishing you guys strength to strength. And, uh, you know, may, may it just grow that uh, keeps you occupied 24 hours a day. <laughs> yes, and, uh, if only. Thank you, you. You're going, I'm going 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. You're going 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. Because you've got <laughs> sessions all over the world. So thank you, guys. We just get the website address again, please. Uh, your email address again. Um, so it's Nourish and Nurture Community at gmail.com. Oh, okay. Or my website, which is easy, is um, eatingpsychologist.com. All the okay, perfect. There. Right. And tell us quickly before we go about the pug. Oh, <clears throat> the pug. The pug Florentine is training to be a therapy pug. So I'm really, really um, excited. Yeah. And she's oh, doing a very good job. Absolutely. She <laughs> looks amazing in those jerseys and her outfits are on <laughs> point you, and rocking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. I'm just going to end the, the stream and then we'll chat quickly. All right. Thank you so okay, much for right. your time, guys. Thank you. Well, oh, one last thing. How warm is Durban? What's the temperature? Because like 14 here. 20 degrees in Durban today. What yeah. are we doing here, Vicky? It's, it's... <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Ciao, guys. Bye. 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 All right.